This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and we are so excited because today we are going to be talking about CBC's Canada Reads 2022 competition first day. This is going to be our impressions. We're excited because we have Larissa, the book mom on Instagram, joining us today with Tara and myself. And what we thought we would do today is talk about our impressions of all the defenders. So we're going to kind of go through each defender. We'll each give a little bit of talk about how we thought they did, because let's face it, the first day, that's what we're all focused on. The arguments are great, but we're really looking at how these defenders are handling themselves. So we'll start with uh, Tarek Hedad, who, of course, as everyone knows, is defending the book, What Strange Paradise. So Tara, we'll let you start. Okay. Um, it's actually kind of cool that we're starting with Tarek because that is my book of choice is for What Strange Paradise. So I'm kind of like cheering that book on. I thought Tarek did a great job. I love that he is trying to bribe everyone with chocolate at the end <laughs> yeah. of the week. That was like a brilliant little like... <laughs> At the end of the week, there's chocolate for you. So I'm like, I loved that. And I thought he handled it very well for on day one, having to be uh, the tiebreaker. That's a, that's a lot of responsibility to put on your vote on day one. So I thought he handled that really well. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree that he, he did have a, a good day one. Um, so Tarek is uh, from Nova Scotia, which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it's kind of cool. He's, I mean, he's from Syria, of course. He's not from Nova Scotia, but Nova Scotia is where he has kind of grown his uh, his piece by chocolate business, and that piece by chocolate is very popular around here. So um, I love that seeing him there. And I must say that um, the impression I got today was he, of course, came to Canada as a refugee. Uh, so he has this story, like the story he's defending, that is also about a refugee. And he did mention a couple of times about how like this story relates to his story and things like that, but he didn't put a ton of focus on that. He really did focus more on the values of the book itself. So mm-hmm. um, I would, I've, I thought that was really well done on his part today. You know, that's exactly what I was going to say, because I said, I think in our pre or when we were determining kind of who we thought were, was going to win or whatever, I actually thought he might, try to tell his story more. And so I was really impressed on, I thought he handled it so well, very smooth. He got his point across. And I just want to share one of the quotes that he said, I wrote it down. I actually stopped the tape and kept going back and forth and getting it right. Because he said at one point, no one can, no one can go back and start a new beginning, but everyone can start today and make a new ending. And I thought, God, that was just so insightful. And I thought it was really beautiful. And I also love that he was going to bribe with chocolate, but I, he impressed me and he surprised me because I didn't quite think that he would focus kind of solely on the book. So I thought that was a really great thing. I wrote the, I wrote that quote down as well. Oh, cool. (laughs) I feel like from his earlier interviews from a couple of weeks ago, he has stepped up his game as it got closer to Canada Reads. I just have that sense, like like you said, like the earlier interviews he did, it was more about his story, and he is now focused on that book. 
You know, and interestingly, he said he just came back because I follow him on social media, of course, and he was just back from Dubai. And I thought, here is a guy who is not. And then he was in Edmonton like a couple or like a week before that. And I thought, here's a guy who's incredibly busy. How is he going to find the time to do this really justice? But he started off the, the day really, really strong. Right. Um, I, just before we move on to Suzanne Savard, um, I just think that it's going to be interesting because I think a few of the other contenders have sort of have it out for what strange paradise and for him as a defender, I think because it, it is a strong contender, like he's a, I think he'll be a strong debater, but I think the book's a strong contender. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they target it and him over the next three days. I noticed that today. Yeah. And I think too, the way Mark kind of jabbed him right at the end by saying that it was, it had a cynical ending. And I agree with you. I think they're going to aim for what strange paradise. And I think he's going to have to come up with a really strong response to that and be able to sway people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Are we ready to move on to Suzanne? Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, as long as no one else has anything to say about Tarek. Um, so Suzanne um, was, of course, representing the only nonfiction in the group. And her background, I, I didn't know a ton about her before. Uh, so I was interested to learn about her background as an ecologist. And uh, I know she, of course, has written the book um, Finding the Mother Tree, I believe it's called, which has actually been recommended to me by a friend of mine. Um, I thought she did a really good job today. She seemed the most at ease. Uh, that was something JL Richardson actually mentioned in her post Canada reads Instagram live chat today was how sort of like relaxed and natural Suzanne sort of seemed. Um, and I have to agree with that. I think that she, she had some really intellectual arguments, but I really also found that while they did talk about all the books a fair amount, because that's the way the questions led. I feel like her book, Life in the City of Dirty Water, was probably talked about the least. Um, like there was no major, like nobody really came after it, like a few of the other books. Although the first day, there's not a ton. not There's just so many books to talk about in so little time with the like book trailers and everything. So um, I, I just feel like I, we didn't get to hear as much about her book before I'd ended up getting voted off, if that makes sense. I would have been interested to hear more of her arguments for her book had she been given more time. Yeah. And, and I think wasn't the question where it said, which book does the best job of showing how a small act can be the start of something big. That one, you couldn't talk about your own book. You had to talk about somebody else's book. And I thought that was too bad because I felt like, and nobody else, or did somebody pick Dirt, the life in the city of dirt, dirty water? I don't, I, can't so. I don't think so. Yeah. Because to me, that is the book from my point of view that really answered that question because that small act of him, of Clayton Thomas Mueller changing his life from being, you know, working in a drug house and, and being in a gang kind of thing, that small act of changing his, well, it wasn't so small, but changing his life and look at the results of it. It, it shows something big in that he's an activist. And I felt like, man, nobody said that about the book. And I, that one really surprised me. And as far as how she handled herself, now it's really funny because I thought whenever somebody says they're nervous, then I start looking for signs of nervousness. And she did say she was nervous, which surprised me because I thought she would be 
pretty relaxed since she's a professor, et cetera. And so I felt like she wasn't as, I don't know, she wasn't as clear about some things as I thought she would be a little, it kind of surprised me. So I kind of think I have a little bit of a different take than you, um, Larissa, but I mean, I still think she did a solid job. And at the end, when they went to vote at the end, I was, I was like, I have no idea which one's going to go out. Right. So I think, I think she did a, a decent job, but I was expecting a little more from her. Maybe. I just feel like she could have come for like, I, but maybe she wasn't given the opportunity either, but I, I just feel like she could have come for her book a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, day one so hard. There's so little time. And it really depends on how the conversation that is happening is going. Yeah. And where those opportunities are. I think she, of all the defenders, the first question about, um, oh, I can't even remember what it was now. Um, but was I about- felt... Let me just tell, I'll yeah. just repeat it so everybody knows. Yes. It says, which book best bridges the divides we are experiencing? Yeah. yeah. So I actually thought that she did the, uh, gave the best answer, like defending her book, the best of all of them, because they all answered well, of course, but it was more of a um, general answer mm-hmm. about defending their book. But she was, her answer about it being about the past and the future, I thought, did the best job of answering that question. So I actually really like that. And I have read her book, Larissa, the finding the mother tree, which I really enjoyed. And she, in that book, it starts from the early, I think it's the eighties when she is a graduate student, a young student. And she actually does talk a lot about how much trouble she had with public speaking. So yes, which is really, I thought really, really interesting. So I was excited to see, her do this because she it's it is a thing in her book that she talked about that how much trouble she had getting up in front of people and she had to when she was both a student and when she worked with the forestry to defend one her research and uh, what methods she wanted to use so keep having that in mind I thought she did a great job I thought she looked also very relaxed and very disappointed when the book got Mm -hmm. voted out at the end that's interesting about her background then, because I, in college, I had a professor who was a lifelong person who struggled with stuttering mm-hmm. and yet he became a professor. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And he used to say, don't help me. I'll get to the word. Just, you know, just don't anybody help me. Yeah. And I learned a lot from him that year, but I thought, wow, that's a challenge to, to do that for a living. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are going to move on to our youngest defender, Malia Baker. And I have to say that it's like Allie said yesterday, you know, if I think of myself at 15 and there was no way, now I understand she's an actress and she's also an activist. So she's had many years of experience of all of that, but still I think of myself at 15 and I think, yeah, right. That was never going to happen. I wouldn't even be able to get onto the stage. I would have been so nervous, but I thought she handled herself really well. I mean, so composed. And I think that's where all of her experience and training really came into play. However, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that her arguments were really strong necessarily. I mean, I, not that I, I mean, that's kind of hard to say, but I think as a, as a young person, you just don't have the life experience or the reading experience. And when she talked about, 
that she didn't um, feel that, oh, she didn't like the back and forth of What Strange Paradise. And I just thought, okay, I think we've all read books like that, probably lots of books like that. So maybe it's just an experience kind of thing. But I think overall she handled herself really, really well. And I didn't have an expectation one way or the other, but I was really impressed how she handled her how she handled herself during the competition. Yeah, likewise. I actually enjoyed, so even though I didn't agree with her, that particular incident that you uh, mentioned, Rebecca, mm-hmm. about that she didn't enjoy that, there was one point where she said he could have, and then she changed it to, no, mm-hmm. he should have. And I'm like, good on you. Like she was mm-hmm. like, she was like, I believe that this is what he should have done. And I actually, so even though I disagree with her, because I loved everything about this book, I appreciate it that she had the, um, it's the end of the day, had the stones to be like, no, this is, you know, I disagree with his writing style and this is what I would have liked. So I actually uh, give her kudos for that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Larissa? Well, I actually, um, I actually disagree a little bit. I felt like she, um, I disagree with the, with some of her arguments not being as strong. I, I feel like she did do a really good job. Um, with her arguments, I felt like her arguments were very clear, uh, which I don't know that I would say that about all of the defendants today. Um, uh, I thought she was very eloquent and, um, like, and that's without even thinking like, oh, when I was 15, you know, or like the 15 year olds I know, I just think she overall did a fantastic job. Um, and she did a really good job focusing on her book, uh, and how it related to other books. I also disagreed with her take on the structure of What Strange Paradise, but um, I don't think it has anything to do with her reading experience. I think that some different people just like different writing styles. Um, I disagree with it because I like that sort of writing style, but somebody who has a plethora of other reading experience might just not enjoy that as well. Um, my husband reads a lot and he doesn't really like um, when some when a book jumps backwards and forwards in time. I love when a book jumps backwards and forwards in time, but he has put down books and been like, nope, not going to read this one for that exact reason. Um, so I think that that's just like a, that's a preference thing. Um, mm-hmm. And she made an excellent point about how, you know, trying to keep those details straight might be challenging for different readers. We, you know, different learners, different readers, the different ways people um, process information. So uh, I think it was a fine point on structure. It wasn't a point I agreed with personally, but it was one that like on a, a global level I can see. Um, and I, I was the 15 year old who, I mean, I certainly wasn't doing Canada reads when I was 15, but I was in oratory competitions and I, okay. um, I was a very studious student and I was, you know, writing, extra essays for scholarships and um very nose to the grindstone sort of thing um and and so i i guess maybe just the view of like what a, I, at 15 i just remember thinking like i wish adults would take me seriously <laughs> because i have so much to offer which is such a 15 year old thing to think um but i just feel like i wish i would have had that opportunity yeah i kind of forgot that she was 15 after like the introduction uh, like Ali introduced her, mentioned mm-hmm. that she was speaking for her generation, and she handled that amazingly. Yes, she did. And then I kind of forgot that she was 15, and she was just uh, one of the defenders. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't necessarily think, I wasn't thinking 15 the whole time. And that's that's why I say yeah. I think her experience and training came in because she did handle herself so well. The thing that she did, though, that I've seen this happen in other with other defenders in the past is almost restating the same points that you're making, like in her minute statement. And then I think in the 30 second wrap up, she went specifically to specific care, went to specific characters and started bringing them up again. And I almost felt like, cause I've seen that happen before where somebody gets stuck on a point and they can't really, they it's, I mean, I hate to say this. It almost feels like, and I'm not saying this about her, but in the past, maybe they haven't fleshed out their book with enough different points to make. Like we know mm. Mark is going to have a hundred million things he can say about whatever because he's so well prepared. And I just felt like she kind of repeated some of that again. And so that's why I felt like she was a little less strong in her argument. I think her composure was amazing. I think many points she made were great, but at the end of the day, if I had to rank the five defenders, I might think that was the one thing that struck me was she kind of repeated that again. So that's my only sort of minor critique. Anybody else from Aaliyah? No, I think I think we're ready to move on to Christian. Yeah. I was Christian was not quite what I was expecting and that's in a great way. Not not in a great way. That sounds <laughs> terrible. So I was expecting cuz he seems very nice and quiet. And I was very impressed that with the first question that he answered, the first question that Ali asked them about the books, he answered it for his book, and then he came gunning for Scarborough. Like, right out of the gate, he just went for Scarborough. And I was, like, very impressed. Not that it had anything against Scarborough, but just that I was like, okay, you know what? Christian is here to play. He's not, because I'd heard an interview with him recently that he was like, I'm just going to let the book speak for itself. I don't have a strategy. I'm, you know, and he, I think he's got a strategy. <laughs> he came to play. <laughs> yeah, he did. He knew yeah. he was in a debate and he, yes, yes. He was like, okay, let's get the debate started. Then. Yeah, that's right. He said, I don't want to come in hot and bam. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it was, I, I, I really liked that moment. That was good. It was, I agree. It was a good moment. Yeah. I also just back to Malia a little bit. Um, and we chatted with Ali last night and I, I had asked that question about whether or not he'd be moderating differently. And he said that he didn't plan to handle Malia with kid gloves, but mm -hmm. I was wondering whether the other defendants may do that. And yeah, good point. Christian right off the bat went for her, like, that's you know, true. went for her book. <laughs> and so I was happy to see that because nobody wants to be on that sort of a stage and realize that you're being like catered to. Right. So, yeah. Um, so I was happy to see him do that as well. Um, also, he's just like, yeah, he's just like a, the sweetest little thing, isn't he? Um, he is. And I don't mean that in like a, a, like, I hope that nobody would be like, me saying that would be like any, meaning he was any less um, powerful in his arguments or anything. But I don't, I hadn't been familiar with him before. Um, yeah, he very, very eloquent. Um, yeah. He really knew his book as well. Uh, he, I liked how he... Um, like he really drew out different parts of his book and I haven't read five little Indians since last year sometimes. So some of the things he said, like made me remember parts, um, mm -hmm. but not just like, Oh yeah, that part happened, but like made me feel them again. So yep. I thought he did a really good job. 
with that as well. Okay, I think we're all in agreement, really. I, I thought when I heard him in interviews and everything, I thought, you know, he seems very soft-spoken, and I wasn't sure if he had the grit to really get in there and, you know, to be really competitive, and he did. And I have to say, this is really funny because he said something that made that resonated with me big time. So when he said that he didn't feel Scarborough's characters were as fleshed out and he wanted the one character, the indigenous character, to be more uh, uh, detailed or, or whatever, however he said that, I thought that is the issue I've had with the book. Now, I gave it five stars. I loved it. I loved all. I gave five stars to four of the books and, and one I gave it a four. But I loved Scarborough. But I struggled. And this was really weird to me because I couldn't figure it out. I kept forgetting who the characters were. So I'd have to kind of try to commit their names to memory and say, okay, this is the person who did this, da, da, da. And I was actually really struggling and I don't know why. So when I think about uh, Five Little Indians, I didn't have any of those issues because again, Michelle Good, I agree with Christian. She really made those characters jump and stand out to us. Whereas I felt that was my issue with the Scarborough characters. So I thought that was interesting that he said it. And he, yeah, he did go right to the mat on that one, which I kind of like. But one of the things he said that just kind of gave me chills because the way he said it, again, he has a very, he's kind of a soft-spoken person, but man, when he said it, it was so, with such authority. He talked about Canada's treaty responsibilities. And when he said Canada's treaty responsibilities, it just hit me. Like I, I, I love that he said that in the way that he said it. It, it just, it, it carried some weight to it. Yeah. So yeah, he really, I have to say, if I had to pick somebody who impressed me or surprised me the most, it was definitely Christian. Yeah. Even his response to um, Suzanne, um, I think had mentioned something. Oh, when she was talking about her book, about bridging the gap between the past and the future. And she chose uh, Five Little Indians as one that kind of lives in the past and mm -hmm. not the future. Yeah. His response to her for that, I also thought was brilliant. Like he, yeah. yeah. I just, he did a, he had a quote before I say what the quote is. I just want to say that I disagree with that um, stance on Scarborough. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't need to go into details because that's not what we're talking about. And we're not arguing the books here today. We're just talking about the defenders. Um, but I just felt like uh, Scarborough was just a different type of book that the characters um like fleshing them out and fleshing out that indigenous character and i feel like it's that's one of those things where i'm he's he's an indigenous person and he is saying that about indigenous characters and i'm not an indigenous person and so maybe maybe there is something lacking there that i just don't recognize but um i just felt like the characters were um fleshed out to the level that we needed them to be and needed them to know to understand the dynamic of the community because the community was what was the important part of Scarborough. Anyway, that is not what we are discussing here tonight, though. But um, good point, Larissa. Yeah, I but like no, but, the, but that's exactly what we want to hear. So no, that's yeah. very good. Thanks. Yeah, so there are so many different characters in Scarborough and like even towards the end when some of the big climactic stuff is happening, other characters are brought in and they only get like a single chapter because... It's it's not necessarily about the characters themselves, but more about like the microcosm of the community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, I really loved that about Scarborough. But um, but I wanted to say uh, before we move off Christian Allaire is he said, and I think it was in his opening argument that history isn't history until it's over. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that hit me really hard. Like that was, I hadn't really thought about the book Five Little Indians like that. Um, because of course it does seem sort of like, because at the beginning of the book, they're all children. So it does seem like, you know, history because of the residential schools. Um, but Canada is nowhere near close to mm-hmm. being at the end of that residential school story. Um, and so a lot of people do view that as part of Canada's history, when in fact it is not. Um, and so I thought that was just a really, I wrote that quote down. I thought it was really impactful. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Oh, which means I'm next. Um, yes. <laughs> talk about Mark. My phone closed, so I couldn't see it on my screen. Um, Mark. Mark was, um, so again, not so, I had, I don't really, I didn't watch any of the interviews with anybody before the Canada Reads. I'm kind of like going in blind and learning about them as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know a lot about Mark, but he like was the first to go. And so his opening argument, I like was just, he like did the classic, JL said this today too. So I feel like I might be taking some of her words, but it was exactly what it was. It was like a classic debate opening argument. Um, I loved the way he connected all of the books and brought all of the characters in and compared Washington Black to all of the books and then said, Oh, but Washington black also gives us this. Um, and I think that was just a really strong start. I think it was a really classic start. Um, you know, it has all the right, um, aspects of a good debate argument. Um, but I did think it was a really strong start and I think he consistently had strong arguments throughout the whole thing. Um, which is interesting because the Washington black is actually, I enjoyed the book. I I have no problem at all with the book. Um, But I feel like it's... (coughs) Sorry. Um, I feel like it's one that uh, doesn't quite fit with the other novels as well in terms of the arguments and the theme and and that sort of thing. Um, So yeah, I thought he did a really good job defending it considering I didn't feel it fit quite as well. Okay. So I... Yeah, I I think we're all going to agree. Mark killed it. I he came out of the gate, and he was so strong in connecting all of the books to Washington Black that just blew me out of the water. And I want to mention the one quote that I don't remember. I think I think this is when he was talking about uh, which book best bridges the divides um, that we are experiencing. Uh, he said one character within the settings the different settings in time, see the world the way that Washington sees it or how, or is it how the world sees Washington? And I was just like, Oh my God, like that really hit me. I thought that was just a really profound thing to say. And I know more will be coming from him because I think it's like Essie Dugin, the author said, he is a student of this book. I mean, he has poured over this book. He understands it. Unlike anybody, I've only, I think this is my fifth or sixth year. I don't think anyone has ever understood a book to the level that I think Mark does. So he just kind of blew me out of the water. And I think that he, I think they'll be gunning for him because I think he, they, everybody's going to recognize that he is the strongest probably debater of the group. So they may kind of gang up on him tomorrow, perhaps. <laughs> so we'll see. It's interesting, though, because they didn't today, and I was surprised that they didn't today when yeah. he did come out so strong at the beginning. 
And well, and part of it could be too because when I'm, I don't remember who the uh, the interviewer is for Q because I'm not, I don't listen to that. Um, but Tom Powers, thank you. Yeah. And when they were asking everybody, you know, if they were going to create alliances or whatever, everybody seemed a little hesitant to kind of go in that direction. So I think maybe after the first day, they'll start to go, oh, wait a minute here. My book could get voted off. Now I've got to start being a little more strategic, maybe. And I loved that in the interview yesterday with Allie, when he said that's the one thing he probably would do is be very strategic in voting mm -hmm. off the strongest book. And I, I thought that was fascinating that he said that because uh, we've talked to a number of defenders over the last couple of years. And when we've asked them that question about strategy, they always just say, oh, no, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really want to do that. And I'm like, okay, but, but Allie said he would. So anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if they go for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing that would have made um, his opening statement any better is if he'd done like a mic drop at the end of it. Cause it was <laughs> yes amazing. I was just listening to it in the car when I was driving home and I was like, damn Mark, that was because he hinted at that when uh, we spoke to him last month, Rebecca, mm -hmm. remember he said that he had stuff in Washington Black that he yes. could pull stuff yes. from all of the books and bring it all back to Washington Black. And he did that in his opening statement. And I was like, that was amazing. Yeah, I remember because when he said that when we interviewed him, it actually gave me chills with the way he yeah. said it because I felt like, oh, my God, he's got a loaded gun here, right? He's ready to go. Yeah. So, and he did, he pulled it off. He did. It was, it was a moment. It was a moment. So that, yeah, that is my Mark moment as well from this show. Although he had many, he's adorable. He's oh, he is. charming. He's, he is gunning for my book. I know that he is gunning for what strange paradise. Yep. He's going to try to get that out in the next day. Yeah. Two days if he has to. Yeah. He is totally going after it. Yep. He is. But I have to laugh because when he said that he had a, a, a like a man crush on Clayton yeah. uh, Thomas Mueller, I have a total crush on him. I just think Mark is just he's so yeah. funny and energetic and he's full of life and he's just a, such a wonderful guy. So I have a big crush on him, too. So um, now one thing I will say as we wrap up here, um, I just want to ask really quickly, if you had to vote a book off today, which book would you have voted off? So you don't have no explanation. You just have to say, who would you vote off? based on whatever, whether it's the Defenders or how you like the book or didn't. Okay, we'll start with Tara. What book would you have voted off today? Um, it would have been probably Life in the City of Dirty Water. One, because I haven't read it, but it is at the library waiting for me, so I'm going to pick it up oh. in the next day or two. But two, based on uh, what they said today, I think they all enjoyed the story and they all like the author, like Clayton, but I think the writing, I think the writing is what did it in for them all. They seem to not connect to the writing. So that would be my vote. Okay, Larissa. Uh, I would have voted off Life in the City of Dirty Water as well. Yeah, and I have to say, I, I mean, having read all five books, uh, even though I really enjoyed the book, I think the criticisms they had of it were valid criticisms. So yes, I probably would have agreed to vote it off as well. The th and I agree with whoever, I think it was Su Suzanne who said that she was just sorry that, you know, this is the one book that hasn't been out that long and it's too bad that that one went out because we want to make sure people do read it. So anyway, mm -hmm. all right, well, that is our wrap up for tonight and we will be back again each night. Uh, we will post this as soon as I can get it posted 
and we look forward to the rest of the the rest of the week and to see who the winner is and thank you very much larissa for joining us and we'll be chatting with everybody again soon thank you for having me thank you larissa